BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, welcome back to the Balance Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I decided at the very last second today that I wanted to do a solo episode, our third ever solo episode on the Balance Blonde Podcast. And I'm very lucky because Cody, my awesome podcast producer, was available to help me with some technical difficulties or else I actually wouldn't have been able to record this today and I wanted to so bad because I have so much stuff that I want to talk to you guys about. So I'm glad that that worked out and... Just to set the scene, I'm laying in bed. It's 12.30 and I woke up at 7.30 today, which was such a huge feat because I've been in Hawaii for the last 10 or 11 days and I got back a couple days ago and I've found it so incredibly hard to wake up because of the time difference. I haven't even been able to wake up here in LA before 10 a.m. for my first two days back and that was slowly crushing my insides because I really, really like to have peaceful morning time. I don't like to wake up and feel like I have to be immediately on and available to people. So at 10 a.m. and really like 10.30 when I was finally stumbling out of bed the last couple days, I felt like I had to be immediately available because people had been trying to get a hold of me for a couple hours already, different brands and Christina and all sorts of responsibilities that I have as a working adult. And that was so difficult for me because I love, love, love my time in the morning. I love to meditate. I love to take it easy, sip on my coffee or my mushroom coffee, depending on whether it's a coffee kind of day for me. I love to chill with Hudson, who's sitting on my bed right now, staring at me. He's the best. Yesterday was his second birthday. And um, long story short, I woke up at 7.30 today, which was awesome, but now I'm feeling jet lagged again and it's 12.30, so I'm just kind of kind of chilling here in bed and decided to do a podcast episode really quick before I go meet Brandon because if you guys listened to our podcast from a couple weeks ago with Brandon Cohen, then you probably heard us geek out and get really excited over the idea of hosting a 5K together a Balanced Blonde and Liquid IV 5K, and that's officially happening. So I'm meeting him in Manhattan Beach in an hour and a half to go over the course for our 5K. It's going to be at the end of August, and we're really excited. So stay tuned for all the details for that. Um, But the reason that I wanted to do this solo podcast today is for a couple reasons. So One of those reasons is I was listening to another podcast that I love, Rachel Brathen's podcast, Yoga Girl. She has a pretty new podcast show. And she mentioned in the intro of her latest episode that podcasting for her is becoming very similar to writing, to the way that it feels so therapeutic. And she's always written on her blog and on social media. And now podcasting is another way to connect with her audience and to just therapeutically let things out and talk. And I've been feeling that way about podcasting for a while too, especially ever since I started doing these solo episodes. And it's funny because today I woke up, I was at Jonathan's and 
I was really excited to write a new blog post. I haven't written a blog post since I was in Hawaii. It was June and now it's July 7th. So it had been a handful of days since I wrote a blog post, which is a long time for me. So I woke up, I started writing this blog post. It was all about my spiritual journey because I've been really open sharing on Instagram and bits and pieces here on this podcast about my spiritual journey and the self-care path that I've been taking and this seven-week celestial journey that I just started with an energy alchemist and spiritual sage. So there's so much that I've wanted to write about, about this spiritual journey and this spiritual path and really all these huge shifts that are happening within me. And a couple people had asked me on my Instagram if I had blogged about what this celestial journey is all about and how can they get involved and where are the details on my blog. So of course I woke up really excited to write this blog post and it's really interesting what happened because I started writing the post and for a handful of reasons it was kind of hard to write. And I don't have that experience very often with blogging. I definitely get writer's block when I'm working on my books and book proposals and sometimes freelance articles, sometimes sponsored posts. But when I'm just writing from the heart about a topic that I can't wait to share more about, usually the blog post just flows out of me. I barely proofread it because it just comes out of me I feel the way that it's meant to be shared and I share it and it usually takes depending on the post less than an hour or less than an hour and a half and I just put it out there into the universe and I love how immediate it is and I love that form of sharing. So I found it really interesting that as I started to write about this spiritual journey and specifically about this celestial journey and the energy alchemy and this amazing alchemy session that I had in Ojai a couple weeks ago, it was so hard for me to piece it all together in a way that was linear and in a way that made sense and also in a way that got my point across also without sounding completely woo-woo and completely on a different plane than I've been for a long time. And I think part of this is because I have had so many spiritual shifts over the last six or seven months that have totally shifted my perspective about the universe and spirituality and healing and healing mechanisms and I guess that sharing that via writing was starting to really showcase how much change has happened within me and maybe that scared me a little bit. It didn't scare me because I'm particularly afraid of it. I'm excited by it. But I think what might have scared me a tiny bit is that people would read it and think that I've kind of lost my mind or gone a little bonkers or gone really, really hippie on all of you. And I didn't want to share it in that way because I totally know, I know how that is and I know how that feels to read something from someone else without having the full, full context of their experiences and their life and what they've seen and gone through and to feel that they're just really, really out there spiritual, which is something that I couldn't connect to for a really long time because I had always felt connected and spiritual in the way that my intuition is really strong. I've always gravitated toward practices like yoga and meditation, and I've been very open to a lot of things. I've talked to tons of mediums and intuitives, and you guys will hear an incredible psychic medium on my podcast this week, Marianne, and maybe you've listened to my animal communicator episode with Miranda when we spoke to Hudson, my cat. So I've definitely been open and so much more open than a lot of people, a lot of people that I know personally. But I still felt a disconnect when I would read people's blogs or when I would read books um, written by mediums and intuitives and empaths because I had never had 
that type of experience before. So I felt like as much as I believe this person's experience, and I really did, I just couldn't connect to it. So it wasn't the type of content that I necessarily wanted to consume. So I didn't want to write a blog post like that because I'm so excited by all these spiritual shifts that are happening and my strengthening intuition and this alchemy experience that I had in Ojai that I just didn't want it to come across as another one of Jordan's phases or another one of Jordan's obsessions because we all know if you've followed my blog or if you know me in person that I have a lot of phases. When I get into something, I get really, really into it. I get totally obsessed, totally passionate. I did that with veganism. I did that with um, the ketogenic paleo lifestyle. I've done it with like every single healthy lifestyle in the books. I've done it with yoga. I've done it with running, running marathons, half marathons. I have done it with writing and just about everything that I love. And it's not a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. It can be taken a little far sometimes. But I just didn't want this spiritual phase of my life to be perceived as something that is fleeting or something that I'm just so excited about right now that I'm diving into it full force. And that's why I happen to be sharing so much of it because that's really not the case. So... When I listened in the car to Yoga Girls podcast, and this was after I had been at Jonathan's writing this spirituality blog post for probably two and a half or three hours, which is a long time for me. And I still haven't posted it because I feel like it's just not perfected to the way that I want to share it. After that, I was in my car. I heard Rachel Brayton on her podcast say that podcasting is therapeutic to her like writing is and that she chooses sometimes to share now via her podcast versus her blog or in other places because it's what she's into right now and it's a really great way to connect and to share from the heart. So I was immediately inspired to share my spirituality journey on the podcast and I'll also share it on the blog and in writing and by the time this episode comes out, the blog post will probably already be up because I'm sure or at least I think and hope that I'll be able to pull it all together and put something up on the blog today, today as in the day that I'm recording this because it is an important story to share important to me story to share via the blog also. And I know a lot of people prefer reading versus listening and others prefer listening versus reading. So I like to put things out there in a lot of different modes of content, a lot of different platforms. So I think it's going to be really fun for me to tell the spiritual journey via the podcast. And it was treacherous and hard to write it. And maybe it's just because I haven't gotten there yet. I still have so many unanswered questions on this spiritual path and maybe I always will. So it's kind of hard to write it because I can't, there's like no finishing point. There's a lot of starting points and it's not linear. So that works better for the way that I talk. (laughs) And luckily I write the way that I talk, but I think it'll be easier to follow on the podcast. So I'm just going to tell you guys my spiritual journey, basically starting with a year ago when my life started to take some spiritual shifts and take you all the way through my experiences that I've had this year and then end with the energy alchemy session that I had in Ojai and the journey now that I'm doing, it's called the seven week celestial journey with my friend Nicola, who is the energy alchemist from Ojai. So it's going to be probably a slightly shorter podcast than some, especially because I do have to go meet Brandon in Manhattan Beach. But this is a fun little story that I thought would be really cool to share with you guys in this way. So we'll get started with last September 2016. I did an Ayurvedic pancha karma. I had been working with an Ayurvedic practitioner, Anjali, who's coming on this podcast soon, um, for almost a year at that point, or at least nine months probably I had been working with her 
And I had done a one-day panchakarma. And just to explain to you what a panchakarma is, it's an Ayurvedic treatment. It's a full body, mind, soul, spirit treatment that consists of different practices like abhyasa, which is this incredible herbal oil massage where the specific herbs and oils are mixed together based on your Ayurvedic dosha and your imbalances. And the Ayurvedic practitioner checks your tongue to see what your imbalances are and what's going on inside of your body. And there's a lot of other stuff to it, but to keep it nice and simple. And then Anjali can tell you everything when she comes on in a couple weeks. Panchakarma Pancha means five and karma means treatment. And it's a detoxifying treatment for the full, full body. And the five procedures within a pancha karma are supposed to eliminate ama, which is toxins. And we all have a lot of toxins in our bodies, no matter how clean we eat and no matter what our lifestyle is like. So beyond the abhyasa treatment, there's also the element of... Well, there's several other treatments, but the element of removing yourself from society and removing yourself from the stresses of everyday life and communication and technology and being so on. So during my Panchakarma, I took five full days away from technology. So I didn't use a cell phone or computer and I actually did it full out. I didn't communicate with anybody at all during this five-day process. And this was back when my life was moving at a very rapid pace. I had a lot of things that I had dedicated myself to. I was responsible and committed to a lot of people, a lot of partnerships. And so I had to basically work for the whole summer to let people know that I was going to be out of commission for five days. I wasn't just going to be sporadically responding. I wasn't going to be checking things. If an emergency happened, I was not going to be available. So that's a whole story in itself because that was really hard. And a lot of people didn't understand that I was just not going to be available. But I took the full five days off. I didn't even talk to my mom. Longest time in my whole life that I didn't talk to my mom, any of my friends, no one. So every day I would wake up, I would go to North Hollywood to the house where Anjali was performing my panchakarma and we would do the abhyasa treatment. We would do this skin exfoliating treatment, a hot steam bath. She would make me lunch, which was kitchery. Kitchery is delicious for anyone who has never tried it. It's an Indian Ayurvedic dish that is so delicious and so good for you. So I ate kitchery for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for basically 15 days because five days before the panchakarma, all during the panchakarma, and then for the five days after. The lentils started bothering my stomach a little bit, so Anjali and I switched it up, and I had rice and broth some days, but more or less lots of kitchery, and I really enjoyed it. It was really soothing for my system and really cleansing, detoxifying. And if you are going to do that, I would recommend looking into it, looking into your options. And if you want a recommendation for where to get a panchakarma in Southern California, definitely send me an email because I love to share Anjali's information and Surya Spa, another place that I love in the Palisades. So... That's a bit of a tangent, but the panchakarma was my first time taking complete time for myself. So I had gone from being in high school, living with my family, having an extremely social life to being in college, living with six girls, being in a sorority, having an over-the-top, extremely social life where I don't think I was alone for more than 45 minutes, except for when I was sleeping, 45 minutes at a time for all of college. That is a serious statement because that's how much I surrounded myself with people. And then after college, I really had some time to unwind and learn that taking time to myself is hugely important to my heart and soul, to my creative process, to everything that I do. And I started to spend a lot more time alone when I was living in New York and it just became very therapeutic to me. And then a couple more years passed and it was time to do the panchakarma and 
this was really my first time shutting off from society, shutting off from social media ever since I had started my blog and my Instagram account. So this was a very sacred time for me. I came home from that treatment every day and I read a book. I read Wally Lamb's I Know This Much Is True. It's a fictional book and it's a book that I had wanted to read my whole life. It's really long. It's like 1,500 pages and I just never made the time to read it. My mom read it when I was really young and I was really intrigued by the story and by the cover and to finally read that book and to have such peace and quiet and the chance to fully immerse myself into the story and the characters' lives. And I realized all these parallels within the characters' lives and people who I had in my life. And that was so therapeutic, not to overuse that word, but it was true healing and therapy for me. I worked past some stuff that I had been holding on to for 10 or 15 years and I felt released from it. It was really crazy and it was really cool because that wasn't why I did the Panchakarma. I didn't have those types of expectations and maybe that's why that happened, but I was really able to release so much. And at the end of the Panchakarma, I did this purgation. That's the final step of a Panchakarma treatment where you drink castor oil and your body purges everything. So people have a lot of reactions to that. Some people throw up. It can be really intense. And then you rest, 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 and keep giving your body so much rest. I slept so much during this whole time because I was just beyond exhausted. I think I was winding down from like a lifetime of not resting enough. So after that, whole experience. After I turned my phone back on, I came back into society and I could, again, really appreciate communicating with people and how beautiful it is to be surrounded by loving people who you can share your experiences with. I mean, I missed them so much, but I also really needed this time for myself. I started thinking there's got to be something more to all of this, to this whole spiritual path, because And at the time, I was actually thinking of it as more of a self-care path. But I knew crazy, amazing work was done inside of my body, just inside of me, when I took that time to myself. I had answers to questions that I'd been asking myself forever. I had clarity about situations that I had felt so confused about before I embarked on the Panchakarma. Things were very clear to me, like people that I needed to let go of and situations that I needed to let go of just became so obvious like this I'm shedding this from my life I don't need that anymore that person doesn't understand me they don't support me maybe we're not meant to be in each other's lives and one by one I kind of scanned through my surroundings and figured out what I needed and what I didn't need and It was because I had finally taken the time to draw inward and ask myself these big questions that were looming over me without me even knowing it. And that brings us into late September 2016. I was starting to let go of a really stale relationship that was so hard for me to let go of. And I felt like I was practically incapable of letting go of this person because I had tried. And it was so hard for me to do. And when I finally did that, that was kind of the other factor that really freed me up to realize I am capable of letting go. I've had an issue with attachment for my whole life. And I I felt kind of unable to detach from things even if I wanted to. So to prove to myself that I really could do that, coupled with a lot of the self-care practices that I learned in the Panchakarma and through Ayurveda, just simply taking care of myself, going to sleep on time, waking up early, doing herbal oil massages on myself, taking steam baths, eating really well because I care for my body and I care for myself and not because of depriving myself or trying to look a certain way or trying to punish myself for under-exercising or all these other things. I was really just on this path of taking care of myself and showing myself what I was capable of. So 
coming into kind of November of that year, that's when I decided if I want to man- manifest new things in my life, I'm letting go of the old and it's time to step into the new. I need to figure out what those things are and set some real intentions. So a couple of those things that I knew that I absolutely wanted to manifest and that I really wanted the new year, the upcoming new year to bring to me and for me to seek out and put energy into the universe to receive these things. I knew that I wanted love. I wanted love in all forms. So I wanted a loving relationship with someone who reciprocated the way that I felt and was just my person. Like I hadn't had that in a long time and I wanted it so bad. I was willing to kind of detach from the obsession with wanting that to just let it be and to just put the intention out there. This is what I want. And I learned in Gabby Bernstein's book, The Universe Has Your Back, to kind of approach wanting that in a different way, like approach it with confidence, walk around on the streets like you already have that. You already have what you want. And you walk with this kind of pep in your step like you're not, you're not sad that you don't have everything that you want. It's more like I have everything I want and everything I need inside of me already. So I'm putting out this confidence because it will attract even more abundance and even more like-mindedness and love and exactly what I already have inside of me. So I started approaching that intention of mine that way. And truly, truth be told, the deep, deep desire kind of left me. It was like, I wasn't obsessed with it anymore. I wasn't like so sad that I didn't have that. And so sad that it didn't work out with that previous person that I was with, that I was able to just focus on me and bring my intentions to light. And doing that was my focus. And I knew that if I was doing that, then other wonderful, beautiful things would come to me, whatever they were. So that was one intention. Another was to be more present and to slow down. I have this insane guilt that I carry around with me for feeling like I'm not home enough with Hudson, my cat, who is my child. And I just, it's probably a similar type of guilt. I can't even imagine to the degree, to the degree that mothers must feel this way with their human children because I feel this guilt all the time when I'm not home or when I feel like I didn't give him enough attention in the morning or the love that he deserves. So especially I feel this way when I'm traveling. So another intention was to be present in every situation so that when I am home with Hudson, but also when I'm with people out and about and wherever I am with my family, whoever it may be, I'm giving them the best version of myself. Hudson gets the best version of me so that I don't have to later think, why was I not present enough with him and feel so guilty about it? And I would feel guilty about that with my family, my nieces, because, you know, sometimes you're with people and you're distracted and you're on your phone and you're checking social media and you didn't even ask them what's going on with them. And that's really painful for me because I like to have deep, meaningful, enriching experiences with people who I'm close to. And I want to be that person in their life who is present and who they can talk to and who they know they're going to get a positive experience with and not in a fake positivity kind of way, but like if I'm not feeling up to being present and positive, maybe not being with anyone at all and just being okay with that. So being present is step one. And then step two is saying no, saying no when a situation isn't right and not forcing myself to go be with people or be in a certain space if I don't feel like I can bring my full self. So Being present and slowing down are really the epitome of the intentions that I was setting for myself. I was starting to have a couple of experiences talking to Miranda, the animal communicator, who told me that above all else, I really needed to slow down. And that affirmed to me that I was moving through life too fast. And if you listen back to episode four of this podcast, you'll hear that Hudson told me via Miranda that I 
had everything I needed and wanted right in front of me, but I was moving too fast to see any of it, including a romantic relationship, which is really funny. So I laughed when he said that, but I knew he was right, that I needed to slow down and that probably a lot of the answers to these deep-seated questions were right there, right at my fingertips. So... At the same time, I was doing my yoga teacher training, my 300-hour, and that experience in itself, that's something I want to do a whole podcast episode on at some point. But to put it briefly, the experience was something that I'm really glad that I did, and I feel like I really needed to do it in order to learn about yoga in a way that I was yearning to learn and so that I can share about yoga in the way that I want to share and so that I can teach consistent classes and just be the yoga teacher that I've always wanted to be with enough education and experience to do that. But the 300 hours themselves were were really hard, really hard for me because I was already overcommitted and you can't slow down when you're completely overcommitted. So the seven-month experience of being in this teacher training was really, really challenging for me because I actually didn't feel fully present. And I tried in a lot of ways to make myself feel more present, and I just couldn't. And I think it's because really structured environments and when my schedule is planned out so heavily like that ahead of time, like for the last couple months of the training, we had training every single weekend, all weekend, and I felt kind of trapped. And I feel guilty, sort of guilty saying that because I know that a lot of people would kill to do a teacher training and to spend their time that way. And I totally recognize that. And for years, I was killing to do a yoga teacher training. I would beg my parents before I had my own job and my own way of purchasing my spot in a teacher training to let me do one. And now I was finally doing this 300 hour and I just felt like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this particular studio is the place for me and... That's just to make a long story short, because in other ways, I met a lot of cool people. I met some incredible mentors, and I learned a lot, and it was worth it because now I get to teach, and I get to teach a lot of the incredible stuff that I soaked in during that training. But overall, it was tough for me, and I was really overcommitted, so I was really looking forward to February when that teacher training was going to end and be over. So... And maybe other, I would love to hear other people's experiences who are listening, people who have done a 300-hour teacher training. So this is the 500 hours total to top off my 200-hour. And I would love to know if other people felt that way and maybe if they did, I'll feel less bad about it. Um, But I don't, I guess I should say I don't feel bad about it because I'm the type of person who believes that when you're doing something that you're fully, fully meant to be doing and you're where you're supposed to be, things feel easy and light and enjoyable and they don't feel difficult and you don't have dread going somewhere and you don't desperately yearn for it to be over. So in my heart, I know maybe it wasn't the right place for me to do my teacher training and maybe there are some things about it that that I would change next time. But that's just neither here nor there because I've already done it. And I think we do have to have those experiences of maybe decisions that weren't fully, fully right for us to be more open to the things that are totally right for us. Um, And now I feel like I can recognize those things pretty easily and right off the bat because I've been in a lot of situations that are really big, really long commitments that I sometimes ask myself, why did you even do this? Because I get really overzealous about the things that I love and that I want to learn. So this is the end of 2016. I'm getting close to finishing my teacher training. It had been several months since my Panchakarma. And I decided I was going to write all of these intentions down for 2017 and lead a yoga class and guided meditation leading into the new year at the studio where I teach here in LA 
it used to be called SoCal Hot Yoga. So that's where we taught the class. My friend Sophie Jaffe and I, she did the meditation. I did the yoga. We had about 60 people show up to our New Year's party. It was a party class. It was from 9 p.m. until midnight straight into the new year. And I brought my list of intentions. So after I taught the yoga portion and Sophie started leading us through this beautiful guided meditation into the new year, we all had journals. We started setting our intentions and Sophie gave us some prompts and things just became It was like a magical experience. And the room itself where we were was totally magical. There was really good energy in the air because we were a collective group of people who chose to spend their New Year's Eve setting intentions and doing yoga. So everybody was on this really high vibrational wavelength and the room was full of support. Some people were crying, people were meeting new friends and... Sophie and I were having a really intense heart-to-heart and I looked around, I saw a handful of people who mean so much to me, like Danica and Christina and Jonathan and Lisa. They've all been on this podcast. Of course, Sophie was with me, some beautiful, beautiful blog readers and podcast listeners and yoga students. And I just felt so much love in my heart and so much so many high vibes in my whole body. And I just knew that leading into 2017, which at that point was like 30 minutes away, it was going to be a year of manifestation and abundance and spirituality and something beyond what I had experienced up until that point. So New Year's rolled around, the new year actually um, rolled around and 12, probably like 12.02, Jonathan, who you guys have probably gathered by now, um, was my friend for a very long time, very close friend of mine. And we've been dating now since January 1st. So at 12.02-ish, Jonathan kissed me. And I was surprised and not surprised all at once because I had felt, I just felt his energy. For a couple of days, I felt like, I think he might feel something more and I definitely feel something more. So I was totally blown away and excited and thrilled when he kissed me and we talked and we we agreed that we would like to spend more time together and see what would happen from there. And that was all divine timing for sure because we had been the best of friends for about two and a half years. He paced me through the LA Marathon And the time was just never right for us to date. I think probably we had both thought about it. I certainly know that my family and a lot of my friends ask me all the time, why don't you date Jonathan? You guys are perfect. And I knew the time just wasn't right. It wasn't right for me. It definitely wasn't right for him. And then it was. And so that was kind of the first indication. And I feel like it was also a a push from the universe to show me that when you set clear intentions and you free up space in your life, in your personal bubble of everything around you, then you do get what you want. You get what you need. And what I, you know, I had mentioned what I really wanted above all else was just to be surrounded by so much love in the year of 2017 and moving forward. And right away I felt I got that. I mean, we started we started dating and because we had already been such close friends for so long, Jonathan knows this because I've told him this before, but I fell in love with him right away. <laughs> I fell in love with him in a day, in a couple of hours, in a couple of minutes practically because I already loved him so much as a person and I already knew his heart and his soul and his beautiful, kind eyes and everything about him and... Of course, since we've dated and gotten to know each other in such a different way than we knew each other before, I've only fallen more and more madly and deeply in love with him in a way that I wouldn't have been able to on that first day of dating because there was so much more to learn than than just how I knew him as a friend. But right away, I felt so much love and I also felt love from everyone around me because I had really worked at this point to surround myself with people who were supportive and 
who made me feel really good. And so I was putting these vibes out into the universe and kind of asking the universe to give me those high vibes, those loving vibes back. And to name a few other examples, I wanted to slow down and I wanted to create more time for myself and be more present with the people around me and with Hudson and with myself. And so just shortly after the new year, Christina, my previous intern and now full-time assistant, and she's so much more than just an assistant. She's the director of partnerships and operations at The Balance Blonde, and she keeps my life in check. She and I had a conversation shortly after the new year because she was graduating from UCLA. She graduated early in March and we decided that when she graduated, she would come on full time and give me that help that I so much needed and to really take over. And it was amazing because I already trusted Christina so much. She already knew my method and my process and my business. And so there wasn't really that much to teach her. I could trust her with my life. I could trust her with my home. I could trust her with everything, and I do. So when Christina came on, and even before she did, once we decided that she was going to, a huge weight was lifted off of my shoulders because this was what I was desperately searching for, was this means to ask for help so that I could slow down and so that I could take this time for myself that I desperately needed and knew was incredibly important to my creative process, to my happiness, to my business, and to my spirituality. So I now had the self-care piece down. I was really taking care of myself. I've been on such a good wavelength of even getting massages and facials and taking care of myself, doing the things that I know I need to do because they really work for me. And now I've had Christina's help. I've had Jonathan just being the best support, the best boyfriend in the whole entire world. I have all these good people around me and... I knew it was time to go deeper. So without even thinking too much about it, I just listened kind of to my heart and to my soul. And this is when it's going to sound a little woo-woo to you, but I'm just going to ask you to bear with me and just take in the journey because we all have one. And so I really did. I just didn't think too much about it, but my heart and my head knew that I wanted to learn about kundalini yoga and about Reiki. And as much as I was into yoga and all these different spiritual modalities, I didn't know anything about kundalini or Reiki at this time. And then kind of right as I put those thoughts into the universe more subconsciously than anything else, books about kundalini were literally hanging off the shelves in front of me. I would be at a meditation studio, at a bookstore, at a yoga studio, and books like Kundalini Rising with this beautiful red cover with this white light burst on it would be jumping out at me. Like there would be hundreds of books and that was the only one that my eye could see. And so it was very obvious to me, buy the book, learn about Kundalini. And at the same time, um, thinking about Reiki, I met the girls of That's So Retrograde. They came on my podcast and they told me about Kelsey Patel, who's a Reiki practitioner. And then I went to their event with Kelsey. I met her. We really hit it off. We've gotten really close. She's coming on the podcast. You guys will hear her next week. And I started learning Reiki from Kelsey. Well, first just getting Reiki practiced on me by Kelsey and then we've decided that I'm going to learn how to be a Reiki practitioner through Kelsey. And it's because I've felt a deep connection to the practice ever since I started with her and coupled with all of the other spiritual stuff going on with me. It just makes perfect, perfect sense to me right now. And so after I bought that Kundalini Rising book, I was in Santa Barbara speaking on a panel and it's, it was called the happiness retreat. I was speaking with Sophie and I saw two girls faces in the audience who were just shining with such radiance, such light, such beauty and openness that I felt like these girls, do I know them from somewhere? Do I know them from LA? What's going on? And after 
we finished speaking and I was going to drive back to LA, they, those girls came up to me, Brittany and Tara, and they told me that they are kundalini teachers and practitioners here in LA. And their mission is to raise the vibration of this earth, of people on this earth. So that I was like, this is crazy, you guys, but I have been obsessed with kundalini for the last month or so, and I barely even know what it is. And they were laughing and I ended up doing private sessions with them. I ended up going to some of their teachers and now I do kundalini. I mean, I do it at home every day and I go to a studio as often as I can. And the experiences that I've had in kundalini meditations, kind of in the middle toward the end of kundalini classes that I take, are pretty much out-of-body experiences where I have these visions that are so strong and so clear that I can detach myself from my thoughts. So it's like true meditation where you can detach yourself from your thoughts. You can see them floating in front of you and everything has clarity. So again, questions that I've had about different things became really clear to me during Kundalini meditations. I've seen really wild, awesome visions. Like I've seen this like spiraling pyramid of people in my life and the people at the top are those who I feel the most connected to. And then it goes all the way down to the bottom. And I feel connected to those people too, because there are not people on this pyramid that I see during my visions that I don't feel connected to. But some of those people are people I haven't seen since I was a child, but I see them. They're all there. And sometimes certain names will stick out to me and I know for whatever reason, I'm supposed to reach out to that person or send them love or send them healing energy. And I've done that a few times specifically with people who I feel will be open to it because I don't want to overstep my boundaries, especially if I haven't talked to someone in a really long time. But for example, my friend Carlin, who is a very, very close friend of mine, I just don't see her that much anymore, but she was my little sister in Alpha Phi and will always be close no matter how much or how little we see each other. Um, she really stuck out to me during a Kundalini meditation. So I checked in with her. I told her that I had a vision of her and asked her if everything was okay and said, maybe things are completely great and that's why you stuck out to me, but I just want you to know I'm thinking of you. I love you so much. And all this stuff. And it turns out it was kind of perfect timing that I reached out to her. We talked and it was definitely for a reason that she came to me in this vision. So that's just one example of many. I've had a couple other names really stick out to me, close friends of mine who I feel the reason that that their names come up so clearly in these visions that I have is because they too are supposed to be experiencing this type of intuitive connectedness or this type of kundalini transformation or whatever it is. So some of them I've talked to about it and some of them I haven't yet because it's it's a delicate situation. And like I said, I'm not going to be one of those people who just starts plummeting people around me with this information because I'm interested in it. It's just a, it's really delicate, but it's really powerful stuff. And I don't want to force it on someone. And I also don't want to introduce someone to it who doesn't want to hear it because that's not what I'm here for. And I've also learned that that can actually lower the vibration of my spiritual experience by sharing it with someone who's really skeptical or someone who doesn't want to hear it or someone who really doubts what I'm saying. And that's really not not fun for anybody and not productive for anybody. So if people continue to come to me really, really strongly in these visions that I have, I'll totally talk to them about it, but I'll present it the way that I presented it to Carlin, which is like, hey, I don't even know what this means. I have a lot to learn about my own personal spirituality and these things that I'm tapping into and feeling really intuitive about, but just want you to know you came to me in this meditation, this vision, probably because I love you. And if you need some extra love and healing right now, I'm sending it your way. Lots of good energy, that kind of stuff. And, you know, people aren't really shocked to hear it from me because I've always been, 
because even before I could pinpoint it as like a meditation vision or a sign from a spirit guide or whatever it may be, I've been the type of person, the type of friend to feel things really strongly and then tell someone like, hey, I feel so strongly right now. Like you need some extra love and I want you to know I'm sending it to you. I feel you. I love you. You're in my life for a reason. And if you need to talk, I'm here. So everyone close to me is used to hearing that kind of stuff because I get over the top, over the moon, passionate and excited about the people that I love. And I will send them manifestos about how much I love them and why they're in my life. And I've been doing that for as long as I can remember. So that's not totally shocking to people. So that all started happening with the Kundalini meditations and the visions. And I was so excited by it. And I felt like, am I going to spend my life in a Kundalini studio? Because I can't, I can't go back to regular life knowing that I'm having these like really clear, really awesome visions and I don't ever want to make decisions outside of like a meditation visual visualization again because I just feel so much more clear, so much more grounded, so much more open when I'm doing that. So then on a totally separate note, because the kundalini, the reiki stuff was really fun. I started learning about crystals and I'll save that for another episode because I have some really cool crystal experts coming on, the energy muse ladies and also Kelsey and we, Kelsey in that episode, we talk about a lot of crystals too. But I started surrounding myself with crystals and feeling really called to certain crystals and saging my apartment every day and using Palo Santo and... I love the smell. I love the vibe that it cultivates. I started collecting candles and kind of transforming my space and feeling called toward a much more minimalist lifestyle. So I'm every single day stuffing bags for goodwill with clothes and books and things that I just don't really want cluttering up my space anymore. And so I, I talked to a couple really incredible psychic mediums multiple mediums told me that I was meant to be a healer of some sort. And at first I didn't know what that meant and I still don't. But after this energy alchemy experience that I had, I feel like I understand a little bit more what they meant by that. And I agree with them more than I did in the beginning. At first I was like, what? If I was supposed to be a healer, I would have known that my whole life. But that's not always true. That's not always the case. So Marianne, who's coming on this podcast, who is one of a kind, incredible. I think she is the most tapped in medium that I have ever heard of. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode, even though it gets really personal and really vulnerable. And we had to even turn it off at one point because she was sharing information about, well, she was super mindful about this, but starting to, she was starting to pick up on information about some people in my life, people in my family who wouldn't, who wouldn't want me blasting it out. So Marianne and I talked separately after that too. But after this whole experience with her talking to her and her telling me that she feels that I am also a healer and an empath and have these intuitive properties inside of me, I was so excited. I was so excited and starting to get so confused, like not in a bad way, but confused like what am I supposed to do with all this? Because I feel it too. And it's not just Marianne. It's not just the mediums telling me this. It's me feeling this way. I feel like I am tapped in in this intuitive way. And what what should I do about it? I don't want to just walk around telling people that they're popping into my brain during meditation, but I want to do something with this. And what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to be a Kundalini teacher? Probably not. Or am I? But that's not it. That's not exactly what's calling me. Am I supposed to be practicing Reiki? But what am I supposed to be doing here? So I was getting a little confused and frustrated, but like, in an exciting way, because it's not truly frustrating. It's like, this is fun. And it's kind of like a passion thingy on the side right now. Um, so I then, I heard from Nicola. So now I'm getting into the energy alchemy part of this. And then I'm going to wrap it all up so I can drive to Manhattan Beach. Brandon, if you're listening, the reason why I'm a couple minutes late is because I'm so excited about 
telling this story right now. So um, Nicola, Nicola reached out to me via Instagram DM um, a couple weeks ago. Well, now it was like three weeks ago. So Nicola was someone that I had met four years ago in LA very, very briefly. She had an almond milk company called Almond Milk LA and she reached out to me. She was the first ever brand that I worked with on The Blonde Vegan when my blog was The Blonde Vegan. We met for breakfast at Cafe Gratitude right when I graduated college. And I felt so professional and so official because I had never met with a brand before. And I had had The Blonde Vegan for like two weeks and I didn't know what I was doing. And we remained, you know, friends on Facebook and kind of checked in with each other over the years, but not really. She didn't do Almond Milk LA anymore. We kind of lost touch. I noticed that she moved to Ojai and that was about the extent of what I knew about Nicola. And so she reached out to me and said, hey, I am the energy alchemist and spiritual sage at the Ojai Valley Inn. Are you coming to Ojai anytime soon? I would really love to, to do something with you. And at first I thought, oh, well, she must know that I'm coming to the Ojai Valley Inn this Thursday. I opened her message on like a Sunday. And so I said, hey, yeah, I am coming on Thursday. I'm, I'm so excited. I would love to, to meet with you and do this energy alchemy with you. It sounds cool. And so then she wrote, oh my God, Jordan, this is crazy. I had no idea that you were coming to the Ojai Valley Inn and staying here. I will let the hotel know that you're coming and we'll set up an appointment and the spirit guides, the angels have been telling, calling your name to me, whispering your name in my ear for, for months. This is what she said to me. So now I'm truly freak, freaking out. <laughs> I was at Jonathan's and he, he has, he's such a trooper with all my spiritual stuff. He, he's a skeptic and he is also very open and accepting to hearing whatever I have to say and think and feel about things. So I'm showing him these messages and he's like, really, Jordan? But I'm like, no, she didn't know I was coming to Ojai and this was just serendipitous. And I totally believe in serendipity, coincidence, magic, whatever it is that you want to call it. It was felt very fateful to me. So we set up an appointment and when I met with Nicola in Ojai, crazy, amazing things happened. So I was going to the Ojai Valley Inn to stay at the beautiful hotel for my friend Danielle's birthday. Danielle has been a best, best friend of mine since middle school. And we go on an annual trip for her birthday, me and three of our best friends. And I get to my appointment with Nicola. We had been in Ojai for about a day and... She was standing outside of the room where she practices energy alchemy. And the moment that she saw me, her eyes started watering. We locked eyes. I felt emotional. And she said, can you feel this? And I said, yes, but what is it? And she said, our third eyes are connecting. You're so cosmic. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and she went on to explain to me what energy alchemy is. And it's really just, it's, it's a form of healing where you can transmit positive energy into someone. And I don't want to butcher all of what energy alchemy is because I would if I tried to explain it, but it's amazing. And Nicola will have to come on the podcast and tell us all about it. And sitting there with Nicola, and this is where things will get crazy if you don't already think that it is. Um, I was staring into her eyes. She was staring into my eyes and I started seeing her face shifting and I would see other faces within her face, like a shaman, saw an older woman, and I, I gasped and I said, Nicola, your face is transforming. What is going on? And I started crying because I had never had this kind of experience before. And I also knew from Tara, Tara of High Vibe Living, that when you see faces shifting like that, morphing, it can mean that you're seeing past lives or you're seeing spirits and since I had never had an experience like that, it totally shocked me. And I didn't think that I was the type of person who was ever going to be able to do that kind of thing. As much as I've always wanted to be able to do that kind of thing, I didn't think that it was possible for me because it's never happened to me. 
And Nicola was, was crying and she said, I too, I see that in you. I see your face morphing into your soul, your soul from another plane, another another place. And she's beautiful and she has this beautiful round face and this really blonde hair and you're so you're cosmic. Your soul exists on different cosmic planes. And she explained to me about the Pleiadians and that is a grouping of stars and souls exist there. And if you're listening and you know about the Pleiadians, then just know that I am on a deep dive into learning about the Pleiadians, channeling the Pleiadians. I'm doing this seven-week celestial journey course with Nicola to learn about the Pleiadians and also to wake up every day, meditate, journal, and then go on these weekly journeys into the stars and she leads them. And I couldn't be more thrilled and more excited for what's in store and what's to come. And I've heard people, I've heard Kundalini teachers actually tell me that they can channel the Pleiadians and I didn't know what that meant. And now I feel like I'm beginning to do that. And I've been doing this automatic writing practice, which is something that you'll learn about in the podcast that I do with Marianne where you can write and kind of pose a question to your spirits, to your spirit guides and ask all these questions or not even ask questions, just start writing. And technically what starts coming out of you is messages from them. And at first it feels like it's you writing and, you know, maybe it is. And in other cases, maybe it's them. And I've written a lot of things that I know are coming from my spirit guides. They're not coming from me. It's not stuff that I personally know or that I personally would say or the way that I talk. And oh my God, it's amazing. It's so much fun. And in a couple days when the Marianne podcast comes out, she'll explain to you how to do automatic writing. And you can also get her book, Believe, Ask, Act by Marianne DeMarco that talks all about automatic writing and and um, her experience becoming a medium. So I don't think that I'm a medium. I'm not going to rule it out. I would love to be a medium. I don't know if I am. I don't really think that I am. But I think that my intuition is really strong and that I can channel, um, whether it be the Pleiadians or my spirits or just from a higher vibrational place, a higher vibrational universe where love is what exists and there's a deeper meaning and maybe this is why I've always craved such a deeper connection for my whole entire life. It's really exciting and that's the journey I'm on right now and that's why when I sit down to blog about this or to talk about this or to write about this and things come out of me that just sound so out there yet I'm like trying to tone it down when I'm blogging about it which just doesn't even sound authentic and that's why I'm going to rewrite that. I need it to be authentic if I'm going to put it out there. I'm trying to tone it down so I don't sound like a total whack job even though I know I don't because these are my experiences and anyone who's reading my blog or listening to my stuff can probably respect and understand and be excited about that because we all have our own experiences. And I think this type of soul level connection is available to everybody. And when I first was telling one of my close friends about my experience with Nicola, he said to me, well, that's really cool, Jordan, but I think everyone has this. Like, He was kind of saying to me and he was kind of bringing me back down to earth saying in a nice way, like, be humble. You're not so special just because you had this like Pleiadian channeling experience. And I agree with him. And as much as I do think it's really special, I don't think that it's me that's special. I think it's just the experience itself that is. And I think that the more open we all are and the more in touch we can all get with our intentions and our goals in this life and what we want to create and manifest and have available to us, I think that we can make those things happen. And it's people like Marianne's book and people like Kelsey who teaches Reiki and people who teach Kundalini and certainly people like Nicola who spread this really high vibrational living on this earth. And that's 
what I would like to do. And that's kind of what I feel like I'm here to do. And I feel like so many questions for me have been answered ever since I learned that I, that that's what I want to do. And I have a lot of learning to do. And I'm on this seven week journey with Nicola. And if, if you want to check out her website, it's sevenohm.com. So it's seven, like the number dash om.com. You can check out all her journeys and I'm just saying this because I believe in what she does. She's just incredible. And I'm going to be writing a lot more about this on my blog. I'm definitely going to be doing more podcast episodes on all of it. I think I'm going to learn a lot. I did some automatic writing this morning and it was really cool. And I've got Jonathan into meditating with me in the morning. And I just feel like everything is, is just really going well. And it's this is a special experience. It's a special time. And I don't want to overshare about it for the same reason that I explained before, because it is deeply personal and I don't want to be thrusting out information to a space that's not entirely pure and positive and good and high vibe. So we'll see. I'm going to play around with the way that I share about this and the way that I talk about it. And probably at some point I will do some sort of consulting about it and do like private sessions. But first I have a lot more to learn, a lot more to learn. And I also have had some visions about a style of yoga that I want to create, just saying, because I really can't keep anything to myself. That's why I have a podcast. So now before Brandon absolutely kills me, because I'm definitely going to be late to Manhattan Beach to check out our 5K course, I should really jet. I love you guys. I'm so glad that that this worked out, that I could record this podcast and talk about this journey because... I just quickly realized when I started blogging about it that it would be better told in a full length story on the podcast. So thank you for listening. I hope that this made sense and wasn't too rambly. I really enjoy solo podcasting just as much as I enjoy having guests. So please let me know what else you would like to hear about on the solo podcasts. Join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook and introduce yourself and make some friends in the group. Everybody's awesome. And please, please tell me if you've had similar spiritual experiences and if you have channeled the Pleiadians and if you know what I'm talking about on that cosmic wave. And even if you're just looking to get into Kundalini, Reiki, all of that, Um, There's a lot of really great resources out there on social media and I'm going to be posting about it. So that's all that. It's really, really cool. I hope everyone has a beautiful day and lives that high vibe life. I love you guys and I'll talk to you very soon.